Hey guys, it's Drew from Court of Nerds here telling you that Tom and Chi in Granville is back. They've got impressive meal deals, so here's what you can look forward to when you stop by to get cheesy. Start your week off with a $29.95 Monday meal deal that feeds a family of four. No one wants to cook to start the week, so go get cheesy instead. Plus, kids 12 and under eat free from 4 to 8 every Tuesday. Or enjoy a half-off grilled cheese donut every Wednesday from 4 to 8. And if you download the free Tom and Chi app like I did, you can hop in every Thursday and get $3 classic grilled cheese sandwiches. Plus, if you're like Stacy and you need it gluten-free, they can take care of you. Tom and Chi is proud to support Chia, a locally made vegan cheese that tastes so good, cows are starting to get jealous. Find Tom and Chi on 44th Street in Granville near Cabela's. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Court of Nerds, the only podcast that you wish you could hear the unedited version. Yeah, we edit this. That's how bad it is. I'm Drew. I'm John. Ben, say your I'm name. Bad. Yeah, you're- I'm Ben. <laughs> Look, Ben's Ben's on the phone today. Uh, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, and we couldn't do it without, of course, special wrestling contributor and general badass Benjamin the Raven Raven, which in Spanish is El Raven. El Raven. El Raven. Uh, Fast Lane, the go home pay per view before WrestleMania was on Sunday. Let's get right into it because we only have Ben for a limited amount of time. Um, Fast Lane. A boring card in theory, a fun card in reality. Yes. And uh, I sold the living crap out of you on this card in the weekend going into it. I'm like, hey, remember Roadblock from a couple years ago? We all knew Triple H was winning that main event, but him and Dean still tore the house down. And that's how I kind of felt like Fastlane gave us. You know, I loved the opening match with Rusev and Nakamura. Like, not just the awesome Machka kick selling from Nakamura, but that was a hard-hitting Fun match between two dudes that are in fantastic shape. It might have been the best singles match of the night. It might have been the best one-on-one match of the night. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we knew Nakamura was winning that match. So, I mean, once he's kind of just, I'm going to have a good time watching this. I felt like I did. I uh, really That's a heck of a way to open a show. So let's let's move on. Let's throw out, let's pretend like that women's tag team match never happened because it was garbage and dumb and the... Ending of it was even dumber, unless the end was build Carmella. Yeah. Again, I thought it was a bad work all around from everyone. It was sloppy. It looked like none of them wanted to be there. I, I, uh, Becky seems off the last couple of weeks, and I'm just not sure what's going on. You know, I don't. She doesn't. She her character doesn't have a direction, and her matches on weekly TV have been poop and disappointing for her. Well, I mean, keep in mind, and and John and I know Becky's your girl. I think it's the fire clothes. It might be the it might be her <laughs> Flavor Town uh, swimsuit that she was wearing, um, but it could also be guys. Uh, little known fact, and I, I think I don't remember where I saw this. Becky hasn't won on pay per view in over a year. Wow, since she's been champ, Becky and Rusev both have not won on pay per view. I think in over a year. <laughs> That's crazy. Rusev, so over. Becky, still so much pop every time she comes out. It's almost like Vince isn't listening in the back. Oh, wait, he's not. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah. So there's there's that debacle. But let's, let's, again, let's pretend like that never happened because it was the worst thing that happened. Uh, The Viper, Randall Butternubs, gets his grand salami. Yes, he is. Yeah, you new United States champion Randy Orton um, 
Here's my problem with that match. I thought it was a great, well-worked match that told a story and every move mattered in it, but here's the thing. Bobby Roode is working Triple H style without being a heel, and Triple H style without being a heel doesn't work. It's kind of boring when he's not low-blowing, distracting the referee, being a little jerk holding the ropes too long and stuff like that. I mean, you know, yeah, Bobby Roode's a refined worker, but where's his personality? That dude's an awesome dick, you know? No, it's true. His his best work his best work in NXT was as a condescending heel. Yeah, brunette Ric Flair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, and that seems to though be the the problem with SmackDown is they don't want to send anyone full villain. No one's going full villain. It's like, well, they're kind of bad, but they have redeeming qualities. <laughs> the only heel on SmackDown is Baron Corbin. Yeah. Yeah, because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are those anti-heroes, and I don't call anti-heroes heels. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, good for Orton. It sets up a, a triple threat, you know, at at Mania. What they do with that? It's you know they're going to have Jinder and, and again Jinder and Randy. I didn't like any of those matches. No, no, Jinder could hardly hit his freaking uh, finishing move on Randy at those pay-per-view matches he had last year. I, those guys don't work well together. Maybe Bobby can save them just because he's a safe worker, you know, but I'm not. Why do we got to have another triple threat match? Yeah, you've already got a much better one on Raw. <laughs> yeah, you're not touching Seth, Finn, and Miz. Sorry, Randall. <laughs> you may be the Viper, but you're shit out of luck with this one, kiddo. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, uh, What? Uh, the women's title match, is that where we go next? <clears throat> or do we want to talk about the abortion that was the tag team titles? Well, we can skim through the tag team title pretty quickly. I think it's pretty obvious that it's going to be a triple threat tag team match at WrestleMania without Xavier Woods. Which is, uh, again, the loss of Woods is no big loss talent-wise to the match. Yeah. But he brings... compared to Kofi and Big E. No, but he brought a lot of style, and I really liked what he and Kofi were doing in that match. I'm mostly mad because I wanted more of that match. I didn't, like, you kind of figured the Bludgeon Brothers were coming, but it felt like they came too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I didn't expect a clean finish in that one, but uh, I, I was kind of surprised at when they did it. They needed to set up the Mania match, though, because Usos, here's my problem, right? And, and this might be one of those problems where I'm creating a problem. But the Usos in the New Day belong on the Mania card by themselves. Yeah. You do not need yeah. two old, slow, white guys slowing them down. And listen, I love Luke Harper. I think he's got all the talent in the world, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not on board with Bludgeon Brothers for some reason. It's just kind of lame to me. No, it, it, I love Luke Harper. You know I love Luke Harper. It feels like these guys were put in place to call up some of the bigger NXT tag teams to have them take the Bludgeon Brothers apart. Yeah. But I swear to God, if after years of fighting for their mania moment, if the Usos and the New Day have that spotlight stolen by the Bludgeon Brothers, just mm-hmm. to set up a few, like, that's not a good story, man. I don't, like, I don't, what, what's, uh, I anyways. hear you, I hear you, I, I hear you. There's a story already there with the Usos and New Day. So, again, that was my problem with that. I don't like, I don't like inserting the Bludgeon Brothers for what is no discernible reason. You could have easily done this after Mania. Could have put the belts on the New Day, had them crow Rufio for a month, and then had the rematch at Mania. Mm-hmm. Do something crazy, make it ladders, make it tables, do whatever. But, like, yep. 
the way it is, I mean, make it a tables match, have the Dudleys show up after the Hall of Fame, and then have one of the tag teams that's still here win it. Yes. That's something. Anything like that. Anything like that sounds better than what it looks like we're going to get. With that in regard. All right, we got to move a little quickly because I, I know you've got plans tonight, Ben, but uh, the women's title match, I was shocked at how much I love Ruby Riot. Yeah, same here. That match was awesome. That was one of the better stories on the card. But it's also, hang on, because I don't want to go too happy about it. And, John, I want to see if you agree with this. Okay. This was SmackDown Live once again doing too much. To borrow from Jamel Hill. Doing too much. You did not need the Riot Squad out there. You did not need Becky and Naomi out there. That was a damn good match without any of that. Exactly. That was part of the story, though. Like, right, but I mean, you could have had them get to- like have them come out and have them get tossed instantly. You slowed down the pace. That was my problem. Ruby and Charlotte were cooking, and it, you slowed it down. You, I mean, you're you're a chef, John. When you're in the kitchen, even the dog getting in your way is an annoyance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So if you're cooking and there's these bitches just getting in the way, because that's all they are. Sarah Logan is Sarah Logan and Liv Logan. Whatever the hell their names are, it doesn't matter. They're garbage. Live life. Live life. Listen, Ruby has star potential. She worked yeah. so well. You saw what she can be when she works with talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why she is the leader. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nobody knew that before now. We just thought she was like Harley Quinn page ripoff. <laughs> well, she's definitely the page of the Riot Squad. You know, but also Ruby Riot. But, <laughs> but also way. a Harley Quinn ripoff. Yeah, well. Skrillex Quinn. Which Corey Graves kept alluding to, and I think I shouted at one point, oh my god, Graves, we get it! Yeah, yeah. he did, actually. Yeah. He's verbal. Yeah, Graves is the worst. Uh, <laughs> he's not. I don't even hate Graves. I actually really like Graves, but his hair, Jesus. He was, like, criticizing other people's hair on, on, oh, on Fastlane, yeah. and I was like, bruh, for real? He's the last person who could you, do that. You cannot talk about hair, bro. You had a midlife yeah, crisis. But we love you, Corey. We do. I, I love Graves. I would look. <laughs> Don't bash us on Twitter, please. Yeah, hold on. We <laughs> talked about this. I talked about I wanted to take a shot at Graves on Twitter, and I stopped myself because he is the master. You don't mess with the master. No. He's savage AF. Savage. Real life savage. All right. Six pack challenge, Ben, before I have to let you go. Six pack challenge, because I do want to talk about Raw a little bit before we get out of here. But uh, the six-pack challenge, depressed John Cena is the single greatest thing, and I praise the SmackDown Live camera operator who gave it to me. Yes, the camera. Oh, my God. The best three shots of the year were at Fastlane, where the one with Sammy sitting on the outside, AJ hoisting the belt with the sign in the background, Shane clapping, and then the other one with Cena depressed in the ring. Just fantastic work from the camera crew on Sunday night. I don't know if it was a little less hands-off from the production crew or what, but it seems like shots were stayed with longer, more consistently, and the guys were able to get in position. And that's cool. <laughs> that was That is cool. No, I don't disagree with you at all. That is very cool. Uh, so the finish was what we expected. Why is Shane still involved? I don't know. In the finish, felt like it came early to me. I wanted more. And you got six guys. You don't need to rush the finish. I felt like that show had a little more life in it. I felt like even though the finishing sequence was fantastic and dramatic and but exactly. Where where is this thing with Shane, Kevin, and Sammy going? Because Daniel Bryan wasn't even at the freaking pay per view. Yeah. Like, where are we good... going? Where are we going? Oh uh, yeah, Daniel Daniel Bryan couldn't be at a pay per view because he was at his cousin's wedding. 
<laughs> Come on, Daniel. Come on, son. Come on, dude. You've only got like six months left on this deal before you go back to Ring of Honor in New Japan. Okay. <laughs> Let's be real. Unless he wrestles at Mania. Unless he wrestles Shane at Mania, because I would much rather see Shane versus Daniel Bryan than Shane versus KO and Sammy. I don't want another triple threat. I don't want to see Shane and KO again. I don't want it. I don't want it. Seven Sammy and Daniel versus Shane and two partners of his choosing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's, it's fucking Bobby Lashley and whoever else they sign. Oh, God, yeah. Lashley and Ricochet. They bring up Ricochet. Oh, God. All right. Uh, spe- okay, speaking of bringing guys up, because uh, I, I want to talk about Raw before you go here. Yeah. Uh, a couple of points on Raw. One, you were there. You were in Detroit last night. There yep. were two major no-shows. The first one I want to talk about is the simpler no-show that's a, clearly a work at this point. Brock Lesnar versus Vince McMahon. Brock Lesnar no-showing in Detroit after being promised and advertised. Mm-hmm. What was the crowd like, and what's your take on it? My take was, you know what, that's pretty smart booking. It's a way to make Roman seem... I mean, last night was the most I've enjoyed out of a Roman Reigns promo and <laughs> kind of skit in a while. There was a lot of Steve Austin in that promo, going to the back and getting in Vince's face. That's cool stuff. That's my take on it. The crowd's take on it, I mean, there's a lot of not-tuned-in fans that see Brock Lesnar's going to be there, and they take that as the Bible. So there's some disappointment in that. Right. But, oh, I mean, that just works. It progresses the story. It makes Roman more likable. It makes Brock more hateable. And that's exactly what they're trying to get to. Because Roman Reigns is winning the title at WrestleMania. And they don't want him to get booed as he hoists the title again. Which he won't at this point. I'm even a little over on the guy. I'll be honest about it. That was yeah, the, I'm not, I, I was all about it. Yep, I'm over on this storyline. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm confused by Vince's involvement. I'm really curious to see what happens next week with Vince saying that Brock will be there and Roman is suspended. And giving his <laughs> word, giving like Vince giving yeah. Vince's word. So yeah, is a different if you thing. See Brock not show up next week, then I think we could get a gimmick match here or something. Right. I think we might be talking about like uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be some crazy. So. um Let's talk about hmm. the other no-show, Ronda Rousey. This disgusting. That's disgusting. And the thing that killed me about it is that WWE.com published an article saying that Ronda Rousey would be at every Monday Night Raw until WrestleMania 34. When she wasn't on the show last night, they deleted the article from their website. Now, WWE.com posting an article on itself, that is not a news article. That should be taken as promotion. You just frauded your fans who probably paid extra for a ticket to be there because Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar, storyline related, were advertised to be there. You can't do that. You can't sweep that under the rug. You're better off taking the heat on TV. You know what? Ronda had something scheduling come up. She couldn't get out of it. We messed up saying she was going to be here. It's not on her. How hard is that? Yeah, no, it's uh, that's bad. That was a, a bad tweet, look. A video, a Facebook post. Michael Cole, everybody hates him already anyway. Just get the news <laughs> out there. Get in front of the bullet. Yeah, Michael Cole and Vic Joseph, you're on notice. We're coming for both of you. <laughs> oh, my point. God. There was a lot of Ronda, Ronda Rousey shirts and signs in the crowd last night. I saw them. For I, nobody. I, for nobody. For a, for a slick video package. For three goddamn video packages of Ronda Rousey last night. Yeah, but no Ronda Rousey. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Borderline offensive to assume that fans are that stupid. But borderline awesome is 
making up for it with Braun Strowman being the tag team title contender for WrestleMania. I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. I know exactly what they're doing. Listen, here, can I tell you? I have a theory. Ben, you can tell me I'm wrong because you're wrestling Smark and I'm just wrestling Mark, okay? It's each hand. Well, first of all, one each of each one of these one. hands gets a title, right? <laughs> each one of these hands gets a title. Uh, and then he has to defend it. Now to defeat defeat Braun, who beat the bar, who beat everyone, mm-hmm. you have to bring up War Machine and Authors of Pain from NXT. Huh? It's gonna be Elias as his partner. That's my pick. You think he's gonna have to have a partner? You think you think Kurt's gonna force him to get a partner? Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm with you. I want to see one man in these hands yeah. as tag team champions. I want it, but I also want a lion. On a one mat, man in these on hands. One man in these hands. <laughs> and I kind of want to see Elias and Braun make more TV magic. I'm not talking about wrestling magic. I'm talking about TV entertaining magic. Yes, together. Symphony of Destruction magical. All right. Fun. Braven, we love you. We got to let you fly. You've got things yeah. to do, father-son moments, memories, and magic to create. Sure. Go out. Get it in. We'll catch up with you soon for a That's So Braven. And, of course, a special. You're going to be joining me on my sports talk show March 26th if people want to make sure to tune in for that to ESPN right. 961. Yeah, and uh, 34 days of WrestleMania. TheGeekiverse.com. TheGeekiverse.com. Yes. Austin Brunner and I watched every WrestleMania start to finish. I'm still watching them start to finish. I'm still going. But we're deep into it. We posted WrestleMania 9 today. Or no, yeah, WrestleMania 8 went up today. 9 goes up tomorrow. That's mine. I got the odd-numbered shows. Austin got the even numbers. Check it out. 50-plus hours of wrestling. 30,000-plus words. Um, I went all in. Uh, as I always do. <laughs> <laughs> all in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'll be on the main cast bar. I miss doing this, and I'm kind of bummed I got to leave early. But It's okay, buddy. We'll bring you back in. Don't worry. Okay, guys. All right, Snookum. Love you. Love you. All right, so that's enough of a uh, That's So Brave and Takeover of this main podcast. A lot of things that we missed last week, a lot of news that broke after we recorded. First of all, John, do what you do best. Make it about Star Wars. Oh, the uh, original Iron Man Director of one and two, uh, you've you've known him from the Jungle Book. Uh, he's doing the new Lion King. He's pretty much in Disney's pockets. John Favreau is going to do a live action Star Wars TV show uh, for Disney's streaming exclusive app, and it's not uh, confirmed on what they're going to be doing yet. And the possibilities are basically endless now because you have three directions that Star Wars is going in right now and you don't know what or who's going to do what so this leaves uh, possibilities open for anything I think more Ryan Johnson's going to be doing more of his own thing new characters new storyline all sorts of things like that in a direction that's not been anything then you're going to get the um, Game of Thrones guys who are going to be doing Probably something that's established, but still legends, maybe? Like Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, God. We, you and I would both kill for a Knights of the Old I Republic. Would, I mean, and the guys, the Game of Thrones guys, I mean, they kind of already do that with, I mean, all you got to do is replace the swords with sabers, so. Boom. Light pretty swords, much. Baby. And then Favreau going to do the live action TV show. Maybe it could be something, maybe just like an everyday life type of Star Wars universe, like, like having a, like a, a deal, powerless, like a Star powerless Wars universe. Yeah, but that didn't work for powerless. But it's also not on a network. It's true. It's there's going to be a commitment to, to tell people. the story. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a commitment to tell whatever story Favreau wants to tell. And I think that's got to be a big encouragement if you're a big fan of the wars. Yeah. 
Uh, good hands to have them in. Uh, of course, there was the internet backlash over another white male getting a shot at Star Wars before they gave true? a chance to a minority or a female. Uh, but I, I got to say, I think that day is coming. I want to believe that with Kathleen Kennedy, with Disney, uh, the way that they've done things in general, you have to believe that they will give a minority director or a female director a chance. John, you were talking last week about the ending of Star Wars Rebels and about how you know there's a potential continuation there. Correct. I think that series is screaming for a female director. I would be very surprised if they didn't do a female director for a Sabine Ahsoka type show. Spinoff. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Star Wars is already in a complete control of a, of, of a very strong female. But yeah, they do need to branch out and get get something else. Some new perspective, some new story, anything. some new vision, something. And I think all it does, it's like, John, you're a chef. It's yeah. like when you make a good stew, right? You can't add adding a good ingredient doesn't ruin the stew. It just makes the stew better. Hopefully. Yeah. You're going to make sure it's the right ingredients. That's that's the big thing. So there's your big star Wars news of the day. John Wells is on the docket. Oh, uh, we got some interesting castings going on. Yeah. Uh, Let's do that real quick. We have Kristen Wiig confirmed by Patty Jenkins as cheetah in the new upcoming wonder woman two sequel. Um, I will say that that bit, when it was a rumor, was relatively panned by the whole crew here at Court of Nerds. I actually remember saying, I don't hate it. Right, but I don't hate it isn't, I'm excited about this. But I guess the difference would be, like, if it was a straight, no, don't want her type right. of deal. Like, I think Wig has, uh, you know, pretty good potential for what it is. I mean, we've never really seen her in too much of a serious role. Right, but because that's the thing, man. Cheetah is supposed to be vicious and villainous and evil and not uh, goofy. But what's it called in the biz when you're not, when you do something that you're not usually doing? Like you're you're switching a role or something. I don't um, know that there's a specific there's, word for there's it. There's a term. I feel like there's a term for it. But right. like if you're, if you're a comedian if you're Adam Sandler and you do comedies and comedies and comedies and then you do well, Punch Drunk Love. It's considered something that's like out of character. Yeah, out of or character. So. Unexpected or, I mean, and again, this this is a, an out of, this, I wouldn't say an out of character move for Kristen Wiig because we don't know what the character is going to be like. Right, there's uh, that's three, my problem. three incarnations of Cheetah so right. they can pick whatever they want. Really. Which Cheetah this is, is going to be a big question. And I'm really intrigued to see how, with and John, I know you didn't hate Justice League as much as a lot of people did. I'm intrigued to see how DC does Cheetah visually because of how bad the visuals were in Justice League. Well, it's going to have a lot more. Well, I don't know if it's going to have a lot more time, but it's definitely going to have if they don't do extensive reshoots. Right. Well, if Kristen Wiig doesn't come in with a mustache, is <laughs> also true. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. I've never seen her with a mustache. I don't believe she has one to the extent of my knowledge. I'm not trying to insinuate she does. Other casting news, uh, the Valiant movie verse doing its best to keep rolling onward. Yeah. Valiantly, pun intended, fighting forward. So you have to look at it and and think to yourself, hey, um, who are you going to cast? Who are you going to get? If you're Valiant, who are you going to put in a big role to make some noise? And I feel like the easy answer was just answered. Vin Diesel will play their hero Bloodshot. There is literally no one else to play Bloodshot. He looks like Vin Diesel in the comics. This should be fun. 
I hope so. I hope so. I don't really know. I don't know the character. So right, you don't know the Valiant. But I've that well. seen, I've seen the photos of the character, and I'm like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel could pull that guy off. He's already an established actor, of course. He's going to be very expensive for this new um, universe to be launched in. But you got to start off with a bang. I mean, that's what they did with Iron Man. They got a guy who was known, who was on the come up. Where's the where's the air horn? <laughs> On the come up, uh, just got a bunch of you know drunk driving stuff off his record. Well, not off his record, but you know Robert Downey Jr. And then boom, look what happened. So, not saying that Valiant's gonna do what Marvel did with their <laughs> yeah. MCU, but well, it's yeah. a decent start. It's 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 from from what they it's have true. to offer, they they're doing okay. So. Right, and Valiant being the third largest publisher in the game, they also pay their creators the most. So the creators are a little bit more personally invested in the talent, or in the, I'm sorry, in the creations. So there is that. Uh, other quick hits, uh, Cloak and Dagger will be on Freeform. It got a South by Southwest premiere reactions, overwhelmingly positive. Ready Player One also got a surprise South by Southwest premiere. Yeah. Uh, what I've been told is to take the reactions online so far with a grain of salt. Yes. It was a few hardcore nerd journalists... And mostly friends of the filmmakers that were at this screening at South by Southwest. It was, from what I read, healthily packed with people who knew people. Mm. So it's a lot like when you heard uh, Dan Aykroyd tell you that the new Ghostbusters movie was good. You have to take it with a grain of salt because Dan Aykroyd was a producer on that film and stood to make a lot of money if that movie made a lot of money. Yeah. So (laughs) some of the Twitter reactions, though, have been that Ready Player One is gorgeous, that it is a beautiful film to behold, that it is Spielbergian at its finest. And on the other end, you're seeing reactions that say it's a piece of shit, that it's an insult to pop culture, that it is not nostalgia. It does nothing new other than profit from things that we once loved. No, that from from what I've seen of the Avatar and the things in the trailer from that movie, it's. I've never read the book, but I imagine that, you know, you're not going to have to explain a bunch of stuff. You're just going to be able to see it in, instead of like a book where a lot of things visually have to be explained. They're just going to show it in the movie. So with that being said, it's like I don't know if, you know, this kid's avatar and the whole route that's going on is going to be like – it's not. It doesn't really entice me. Like, oh look, Donkey Kong. Oh look, <laughs> the DeLorean. Like, I mean, I get. I've I've lived through the '90s. I know the '80s fairly well. What's, what's this movie got for me? And yeah, I don't know because a lot of movies you try to put yourself in him at all. Right. Yeah. Do you relate? I related to the character in the book, but the question is how how relatable will they be able to make him? In the movies. And that's that's the big thing to me. And how much are they going to be able to flesh out? There's a lot of questions I still have. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how Ready Player One ends up being. That's it for us this week. Uh, big thanks for hanging. We just wanted to catch up with Ben. Ben's going to become a more regular part of this every week again. Yeah, we won't drown you with wrestling. No, no, no. All we'll talk we'll talk pop culture, but this was a big week for wrestling coming off of the last pay-per-view heading towards WrestleMania. We didn't even get to talk about Asuka and Charlotte Flair. No, we did not. We did not, which was the third gorgeous shot that they captured at Fastlane that Ben was referring to. But uh again, a lot of stuff going on in the nerd world. March a very busy month. We're going to try and bring you as much as we can. 
Uh, of course, thanks to our friends at Studio C who are going to help us see some movies and we'll be able to give you some reviews. Ready Player One on the way. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising on the way. A lot of great stuff yet to see. And of course, we're, we're less than two months away from Infinity War. Oh, baby. Tickets go on sale allegedly this week. Yes. So keep your eye out for that. In the meantime, in between time, I'm Drew. I'm John. And we are Trying to Avoid a Ticket. We're your Court of Nerds. Hi, I'm Stephanie Shea, and I am a close personal friend with the Court of Nerds. <laughs>